together and said, amen and amen. Rachel and Tim and Ting, thank you. I don't know if you know that, but that's my favorite hymn. So did you have something to do with that, Philip, or did you? The Holy Spirit uh, did that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to invite you to turn in your Bible, if you have it with you, or your Bible app to Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. We're going to read together verses 1 through 12, the resurrection story. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were there, while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you. While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day raised again. Then the women remembered Jesus' words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they, the apostles, did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In his book, Who is This Man? Pastor and writer John Ortberg writes that Jesus is history's most important figure. His impact on the world is immense and non-accidental. In other words, Ortberg is saying Jesus' birth is the dividing line in human history. It is as if God drew a line in the sand of time and said that was then, this is now. Today I want to draw our attention to a fact from the birth of Jesus that helps point us to Easter. A star that had been previously moving in the sky stopped directly over where Jesus lay. Creation itself participated in the announcement of His birth, in the recognition of His presence. Whether we realize it or not, Jesus changed history. The church today has millions and millions of people. What started out as a fledgling following of Jesus, a splintering of Judaism, is now a worldwide movement. Jesus' life is contagious. Jesus gives us hope. Jesus made history by starting out in a humble place. 
giving each of us space to respond to Him. He deliberately placed Himself in a collision course with Rome where we would have been, He would have been crushed and crushed indeed He was. And yet Jesus' vision of life continues to haunt and challenge humanity. His influence is in as unfathomable art, science, government, medicine, politics. He has taught human beings about dignity and compassion, forgiveness and hope. His church seeks to bring about justice and righteousness in this broken world. No one knows what Jesus looked like, yet He's the most painted person in the art world. Scores of movies have been made about Him, and there are too many songs about Jesus to even try to name. In Jesus' name, desperate people pray, hopeful people worship, and angry people swear. Whether or not we realize it, Jesus has impacted every one of us. Think about this for a moment. I was born in 1967. I graduated from high school in 1985. Melanie and I were married in 1990. I graduated from seminary in 1998 and was ordained in that same year. Our daughter Isabella was born in 2004. I was called to this church in March of 2015. That's when I began my ministry here. And every one of those significant dates is marked by how many years apart it is from the birth of Jesus Christ. Every single one of you in this room, your birth date is marked from how far it is from the birth of Jesus. And every milestone in your life is marked by how far away it is from the birth of Jesus. It's amazing when we think about that, whether we believe in Him or not, whether we understand Him or not, that our lives were impacted, influenced, marked by the birth of Jesus, the dividing line in human history. Let me take this a little further. If you're a believer in Christ, when you became a Christian, you had a, a B.C., a, a before Christ, or before conversion. There was a time in your life before you knew the Lord. That's your and my B.C. I became a Christian in 1983, January 13th, 1983, when I was a sophomore in high school. I had a B.C. before I knew Christ. And then the, when I stepped across that line and became a believer, then I had an A.D. That, that's my after Christ experience. If you follow me. Before Christ. We have a B.C. and we have an A.D. And for the Christian, the, the, the cross is the dividing line in our lives. So we look at the cross as that moment in human history that took place on our behalf that enabled us to have freedom to be reconciled with God our Creator. The cross is the dividing line in the, the life of the Christian. Or we would say the cross is the bridge from death to life. By dying on the cross for us, Jesus took our sins and made a way for us to have life with God, to be reconciled with God, to be made brought into a right relationship with God, and then therefore to go into this world 
to model the teachings of Jesus and to seek to bring about redemption in such a broken world. In Christ, what was death is now life because of what He did on the cross and because of what happened on Easter Sunday. Our sin is transformed into righteousness. Our hopelessness is changed to hope. Death to life. Sin to righteousness. Hopelessness to hope. That's the cross. And often we think it's about uh, what we do. But I want us to think that in number two today, Easter reminds us of the difference between do versus done. Do versus done. The world thinks that we're made good just because of things we do. Often, even in religion, we, we think that we are made right because of what we do. Brennan Manning, the author of the Ragamuffin Gospel, writes this, Though lip service is paid to the Gospel of grace, many Christians live as if it's only personal discipline and self-denial that will mold the perfect me. The emphasis is on what I do rather than what God is doing. Do versus done. Religion, rules, regulation, philosophy, uh, rules, regulation, philosophy, religion is spelled D-O. It's about what people do. Following a list of rules. But Christianity is a relationship with God, with the believer. Christianity is not spelled D-O. Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E because of what was done on the cross for us in Christ Jesus. He said, it is finished. You and I don't have to sit there and wonder how much more good works do I have to do in order to receive God's blessing and His grace. It is not about D-O, what we do. It is about D-O-N-E, what was done for us. And today we want to have a reminder. The cross is a reminder for us. The empty tomb, a reminder. The stone rolled away, a reminder. The angel's words, a reminder. The strips of linen and cloth that Peter saw, a reminder. The eyewitness accounts of all of those who saw the risen Jesus, a reminder. And even the words of the angels that spoke to the women. And then it said, then they remembered Jesus' words. The rhema in the Greek. R-H-E-M-A. The rhema. The words of Jesus. So the, the women were able to recall then after they heard the angels speak the words of Jesus. Not the logos, but the Greek word rhema. The sayings of Jesus. The teachings of Jesus. The promises of Jesus. The miracles of Jesus. The wisdom of Jesus. The hope of Jesus given into them as they followed Him. They had a reminder today. We come to this place to remember the reminder. At the cross, the light of the world seemed to be overshadowed by darkness. Luke 23.45 tells us that for three hours from noon until twelve, the sky grew dark and Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Father, into Your hands I commit My Spirit. And then He took His final breath. Perhaps out of God's own despair and agony, He supernaturally caused the sun to cease from shining. Darkness fell upon the earth. The whole creation groaned in darkness for earth on earth for three hours. What the star announced in Matthew 2, the cross accomplished in Luke 23. If a star stopped to announce Jesus' birth, the universe conspired to announce His death. 
God drew a line. God had seen enough of man's futile attempts to save himself, and God chose to become a man and came in the form of a baby born of a virgin. And Paul writes about what happened on the cross. He took taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming completely obedient to death, even death on a cross. If God stopped a star over astrologers in the east, can't He stop a star over your life today? What the star started, the cross finished. Jesus finished the work. Paul again writing in Philippians 1.6, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. The vilest of sinners and the most practiced of saints all stand in need of the same grace of Jesus Christ that was given us through the cross. But there is something that we need to do. Yes, Christianity is not D.O. It's not about what we do. It's about what has been done for us. But there's still some action on our part as people of the faith. If you are a Christian, you've been made new. Let me just remind you today, you've been made new. The old is gone. The new is come. But sometimes, even though we've been made new, we don't feel new. We feel beat up. We feel ashamed. We feel hopeless. We feel sad. We feel broken. And a lot of other feelings. There's a battle often between the spirit and the flesh. But the good news is even though you and I don't often feel new, we are made new. We are a new creation. We are changed by faith, not feelings. The old is gone. The new is come. And so the question for us is when we are not feeling new, maybe we need to ask this. What do I need to stop doing and what do I need to start doing? Yes, the cross only has meaning in light of the resurrection of Jesus Many criminals were executed on Roman crosses, but there is only one person who conquered the grave and rose again. And that's the person of Jesus Christ who said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they may die. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. That's the good news for us today. When you are born again, everything changes. So for the Christian who's not feeling new, let me remind you today, you are made new. Remember the reminder. And let me speak to those in the room perhaps who are not yet followers of Jesus Christ. You've not yet surrendered your life to Him. The cross is a bridge to God. The cross is the way to new life. God desires to have a personal relationship with you. God wants to make you a new person. And God wants you to feel new. And you've already heard me say, even Christians don't always feel new, but the truth is that we are made new. You and I cannot have a defining moment without a defining act. We've got to take that step to receive the good news of Jesus through the grace that's given to us by the cross. Take the hand of Jesus and cross from death to life. There will be an invitation at the end of the service today. And if you've never done that and you feel like today is the day, we pray that you will come and pray and take some next steps in your faith with Jesus. Because He will take your life and bring life from death. He will transform your sin to righteousness and your hopelessness 
to hope. We pray that that defining act is to give God our history, to give God our hurts, and to give God our habits that hinder our tomorrows. If God can make a star lead three astrologers to find the baby Jesus, then God can make a star to stop over your life today. If God can make the sun stop shining when Jesus died for our sins for all eternity, then God can take whatever you've done, your history, whatever you're doing, whatever's going on, your hurts, whatever somebody's done for you, your hurts, and God can take your habits and transform them to good and we can be made new. Love does that. Love does that. A a way to make sense of all of this is in a story that one of my best friends shared with me just the other week. He has a four-year-old nephew named Joey. And one day, Joey's older brothers had gone off to school. They were both in elementary school. Joey being four. Joey's dad went off to work and Joey's mom was home with him as she normally cared for things at home and cared for Joey during the day. And she got busy on the phone. And as four-year-olds will often do, Joey went off to play with his toys. And when things were a little too quiet, Joey's mom got off the phone, and she started looking for him. And she found him in the dining room where he had colored her a beautiful picture using the dining room wall as his canvas. What have you done, Joey? You wait till your father gets home. Go to your room. And he ran up to his room Later, her husband came home from work. She met him at the door. Wait until you see what your son... Why why did we do that, by the way? Wait till you see what your son has done. Go into the dining room. So he goes into the dining room and he sees... Joey, you come down here right now. What have we told you about coloring on the walls? What do you think I should do to you? And Joey paused, tears flowing down his cheeks, and then looked up at his dad and said, I think that you should love me. I think that you should love me. That's the cross. Remember the reminder. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for the reminder of the cross. Thank you that on this Easter we can stand here proclaiming the truth that for Christians, even when we don't feel new, when we don't feel your grace, that doesn't diminish its reality or its truth or its power. Restore us today. Help us to remember the reminder that you love us. For those who are not yet Christians, God, today is the day of salvation. And I pray that the hope and the love and the grace that is all wrapped up in the gift of Jesus Christ will be made manifest in each of their hearts today.
whether today is a day they make a public uh, profession or whether a seed has been planted and they will begin to process what they've heard. God, that you will be at work in their lives. And for all of us, we need you, God. Help us to be able to look up at you and acknowledge right where we are and simply be loved. In Jesus' name.